Hey, everybody. This is the last episode of season two, and we want to let everyone know that we have some new content coming out. We'll be announcing more info soon. Talk Like a Lady will have a season three, and we are continuing to work on that as well. So stay tuned. everybody this is talk like a lady it's a podcast where we talk or we learn about our favorite ladies and gentlemen uh i'm carly morton and i'm jessica fontana and tonight our guest is adib karam it's very <laughs> nice to be here hi adib welcome thank you so much for having me yes, yes. i'm glad you're here i know i we love to have different people on and talk to everyone and I wanted you to be on here for a while (laughs) (laughs) like honestly a long while she's been telling me for a long time that she was going to get you it's true gotcha (laughs) um because little did you little did you know I would have immediately said yes because (laughs) (laughs) I mean what the fuck else do we have to do in quarantine you guys I know right talk to other people on zoom so um, can you tell everyone what we're drinking tonight? Yes, uh, we are drinking a cocktail called Crystal Gem. Uh, it is two ounces of Roku gin, three quarters of an ounce of Le Pivon Vermouth Blanc, uh, half an ounce of Pamplemousse, half an ounce of rose water, and either a pinch of salt or if you uh, got into mixology in the quarantines like I did, uh, five drops from your dropper of saline nice yeah i forgot to put salt in there tyler bring me salt (laughs) oh it needs it does need the salt as well just a teeny teeny bit Mm. we're literally just drinking alcohol pure alcohol because because i made it and i number one i don't have rose water and number two i forgot to put salt in it so um (sighs) i made I made some for Jessica and I made some for myself and for Tyler and we are just fucking mainline in this shit. I was like, one will be right. enough. It's, <laughs> it's the corn times. You got to do what you got to do. Right. I'm I did a, a no drink November challenge for myself and it has like really reset my alcohol tolerance. And so yep. now three sips in, I'm like, Oh, I feel this. <laughs> well, it is that? delightful. Do you guys have that? Like this happens to me. I I don't care how much I drink. I usually get like halfway through my first drink and I feel like a little buzz for just like a few minutes. Does that? Do you guys experience that, or am I a weirdo? Like it's just hitting the system, and it's like, yo, bitch, I'm here. Yeah, but then I, and then it goes away. Yeah, it's, it's just gotta let you know it's there. <laughs> it really depends on the drink and on like. Yeah what I've eaten that day and whether mm-hmm. I've eaten anything yet, or if I'm having, like, if I'm having a glass of wine with my meal, I don't really right. recall having that experience very often. But if it's like the afternoon and I'm having a glass of rosé by myself, like a sad sack of crap, then yeah, <laughs> I do know it very, first very quickly. Of all, first of all, we've all done I it. I agree with you. <laughs> and I was doing it a lot in October, which is why I did the no, drink no, no. challenge to just reset my body. Yeah, I feel like I drank a lot. 
at the beginning of quarantine, oh, like mm-hmm. during the day, like especially because <laughs> when we when we first started, we were furloughed. So like I didn't actually have a job. So I was like redoing my kitchen and like painting everything. And I was like, well, fuck you guys. I'm painting and that deserves a drink. <laughs> and that's that's like how it works. Furlough time a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like I should have drank during the day. I was, and I was like, why aren't you drinking with me? (laughs) (laughs) I also did a lot of drinking. Actually, I know that I did a whole bunch of extra when the quarantine times. I basically have been drinking nonstop since November 2016. And uh, so, like, for the first time in a long time, I'm like, oh, I don't need to drink to cope with the world entirely, just a little bit. So so that was... (laughs) Right. Eh, you just do what you can. I know, right? At least I'm not drinking a bottle of wine a night by myself anymore, like I was for a while. Right. That's it was it was depressing times. It was. Mm-hmm. There's a lot Very of depressing time. times since yeah. 2016. I know, right? Nah. Okay, so who is your badass lady? My badass lady is actor Michelle Yeoh, uh, who is uh appeared in a bunch of stuff. But my like three favorite appearances of her are in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. God, that um, movie is the fucking best thing ever. It's so good. I love it. Let's watch it right now. Right, and then <laughs> she was in Crazy Rich Asians, uh-huh. and actually absolutely killed it. And I picked her in particular because she has been on my mind a lot lately because she's in Star Trek Discovery. Oh yeah, uh, which I love, and I love her in it. And last week's episode was very focused on her, and it was like a two-parter, which means tomorrow I get to find out what happens to her. Ooh. And she just, like, oozes power, and I just, God, I and just love her so much. She's fucking she's stunning. stunning. She is look at, so look at talented us. and yes. so cool. And she's yeah. been in a lot of things, hasn't she? She's been in so many. So I, I had to, like, narrow it down to my, my three. Right representative media right now i want to watch crouching tiger hidden dragon and just like fangirl over it Uh, i saw it in the movie theater (laughs) i also saw it in the theater i think it might have been my first uh movie um do you guys remember movie theaters (laughs) yes (laughs) i was reading um you know clickbaity article today and by reading the article i really mean seeing the headline and scrolling past that's my type of reading i know i was like the lack of a marvel movie this year has left a cultural gap and i was like no it has not because no one has money to go see a marvel movie anyway because no one has jobs Uh, also other things exist and i say this as someone who does mostly enjoy marvel movies but other things do exist right but also can we focus on like that like industries as a whole are taking giant hits (laughs) Mm -hmm. right well, not I, I don't mean like us focus, but just the world like, mm-hmm. hey, it's yeah. not just Marvel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, uh, right. uh, um, I do like I love her. I do like a lot. But of yeah, movies. I do like movie theaters. Yeah, so. they're very fun. Yeah, they were. <laughs> I know there's nothing. Tom is Tom is my husband. Adib. He is so pissed that we don't get to experience the Chris, the new Christopher Nolan movie in a movie theater. Cause like Christopher Nolan, he loves him and it's sad. Hmm. 
So, I mean, I guess technically we could, but we're not about that shit. So, yeah, you're not about going to crowded places and breathing no. on other people. No, nope. sure not my thing. Saying? Yep, positive. <laughs> not my thing. What if you take alcohol with you and then breathe into the and alcohol? And then it burns. And it, it burns. Burn, it burns it out. Just burns it out. <laughs> just you know, like keep your nose covered and just keep that glass right here the whole time. Right. True. COVID like this is can't so get in. Just peel everything from my mouth to my <laughs> nose. That's true. Exactly. Yeah. Wear a mask around it. <laughs> you can almost like do like a horse and just have a feeding bag, except right. that completely covers. I, I, get I don't see why that work. I, but I, I think a really that. long mask that also has a glass with a straw in it. You just need a banana hammock, man. <laughs> <laughs> but for your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's oh, powerful. Geez. That's a powerful look. Ooh. <laughs> okay what is your organization that you chose i chose uh stacy abrams fair fight action yes uh, that is so important right now right which I mean, is uh, really getting out the vote for the georgia senate runoffs early voting began monday yep um so it's really uh, important, jessica jessica did turtle, texting uh, and calling oh nice for georgia the texting wasn't like that is my kind of thing for this like i am not the calling was really scary i'd probably do it again now that i actually did it though but it was like it really scared the shit out of me i'm blaming you i have terrible phone anxiety in general even with like i'm a weirdo i don't know what it is (laughs) if i haven't talked to somebody in a while i like call it the idea of calling them gives me anxiety so the idea of talking to like complete strangers is yeah it's not great but it's important so that's a really i um did i really like fangirled out because when i did the texting when we did our training for it they were like oh there's a special guest coming in on i'm like please be stacy abrams please be stacy abrams and then it was and i was just like holy shit i mean like i was so glad that i was muted because i was like i i literally was fangirling for a politician <laughs> i was just she's like, like oh my god it's she's also a fantastic nerd and a romance writer a romance author mm-hmm. awesome totally but also she's just a really fucking fantastic human being but it was just like it, i just kind of laughed at myself because i'm just like oh jessica okay we're that's what we are. So I'm okay with that though. So right. <laughs> I would have done the same thing. I do that to like everybody. Yeah, I texted everybody who cared. And I was like, <laughs> I'm looking at Stacey right now. <laughs> that was great. Surprised right. you didn't take a picture. Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, oh I did. Okay. Girl. Good. Yes. Good. Drop that in the show notes. I took yeah. Show notes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was quite great, you guys. <laughs> that does sound uh, so we've got the homework portion out of, yes. out of the way now. So, Adib, tell us about growing up. What were you like? What did you do? All the oh, my stuff. gosh. I was a tremendous nerd. Um, <laughs> being Iranian-American in a painfully white suburb of Kansas City was trying at times. I got called a dweeb a lot. 
um, which is, I guess, like the best that anyone could come up with because, you know, we were all children. None of us had like a really developed prefrontal cortex. A dweeb. Um, right. And so I was kind of an easy target, I think. Ugh. Um. But yeah, so I discovered Star Trek when I was like eight and made some nerdy friends that also loved Star Trek. Um, I got diagnosed with major depressive disorder when I was like 12 or 13. And so that definitely colored my teenage years. Um, like so many baby gays, I found the theater in high school, uh, went to school because I thought I'd want to do theater, found out that was a terrible idea, went to film school for a year after that, found out that was an even worse idea. So then I moved home to Kansas city, right in the middle of a recession, Ooh, um, yay. which was really exciting. Uh, but I then you were up, say, which is another bad idea, <laughs> right? but then ended up, uh, turning my knowledge of Microsoft PowerPoint into a stable day job in the event production industry. Um, nice. where I spent, I guess, about 10 years uh, and in the last couple of years transitioned to being a full-time writer of children's literature. Yay. So who could have possibly predicted? Um, yeah, that, is, that is quite, that's quite a journey. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> um, so you grew up in Kansas City. Gladstone. Oh, even better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not okay. I guess it's not really Little Italy, but we had a lot of Italian families there. Yeah, it's a, it, there's a lot of Italian. It's like big Little Italy because actual Little Italy is like over on Campbell, <laughs> like around Grozos. Right. Right next to Little right next to Little Saigon. It, right where it should be. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. So, did you have? Do you have any siblings that you grew up with? Oh, I do have an older sister. Okay. Uh, her name's Afsane, and she's a photographer. Oh. And that's it. There was just the two of us. Yeah. Did you guys get along? Um, we got along when we were little and then did not get along kind of through middle and high school. And then we started getting along better once we became like actual adults. Yeah, that makes so, sense, actually. I, I feel like that's... I just It's so rare when sibling, like siblings actually get along for the entirety of their life. <laughs> There's always like chunks of time where they, they kind of are at each other's throats a lot. So, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, being a teenager is already traumatic enough and having to be a teenager when there's another teenager around can sometimes be even worse if you have to share a house with them. The worst. Cause you just, I just think that teenagers are the worst. I think that teenagers are awesome. Um, oh yeah you write for them i do write no, they're for them. great I actually, and i spent a lot of time back in the before times i would visit schools and like talk to them and i don't remember being like so nice when i was a teenager i feel like today's teenagers are a lot cooler and nicer and more um, socially aware they're gonna save our fucking world man i know right the, the I, new teenagers now are gonna save our world i mean oh, let's God. let's let, let, let me throw some there's still assholes out there but I, I, there are assholes I, everywhere. Thoroughly, yeah, I thoroughly believe that young people are saving the world. I do. Yeah. And not only that, but just, I don't remember being so smart when I was their age. I feel like the world has required them to grow up a lot sooner than I had to. Yep. And that makes me kind of sad sometimes. Um, but like, I really respect the hell out of them. Yeah, you got to go to a lot of, uh, school visits and stuff for for bookish things yeah i did See, that's and that's i don't know that would be fun to me 
So then I could just talk to people and then leave and I wouldn't have to like hang out. (laughs) It's a little like being um, like the cool uncle where you're just like whirling, give a bunch of gifts, feed the kids a bunch of sugar and then leave. Yes. Fun. Or like like, you go and, or like you go and take, like pick up someone else's dog, but then take the dog to like the off leash park and just let them run around and like, don't clean up their poop or anything. And then just drop them back (laughs) off at home. Yeah. It's perfect. It's the perfect thing to have to do. (laughs) It was amazing. I do miss that. Well, Uh, you'll get to do it again. After COVID. Yes. In the after times. The after times. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Come on, after time. I still can't. I'm afraid of jinxing it. I still can't just say, "Yeah, this is going to get better." I'm like, "Well, hopefully." Because <laughs> right. I'm just like, I'm, uh, I'm hoping like by 2022. 2020 has traumatized me. I know, right? I'm really hoping by 2022, uh, people can like actually go out and do things. Yeah, and that there will still be things to do, and everything won't have closed down. I know. That is what. That's what scares me. Right. A lot too right. is just. There's so much, there's so many things that are closing and, ugh. yeah, and not just like, I'm, of course I'm sad just as a person that likes to go to things, but it's so sad for them. I just, ugh, it breaks my heart. Right. I was shocked when I found out the Webster house closed. Somehow I had missed that. I know. What? I know. Yeah. Webster house closed I know. And just a West side local just now announced that they're stopping service on Saturday and they no. hope to open up in 2021. Uh, but they're like, it's not sustainable for them to only be doing carry out and their space is so small. They can't do inside dining. So yeah, it's Uh, been really rough for as, as a foodie in Kansas city, it has been really rough to see things closing left and right. Right. Rieger closed. Mm -hmm. Um, That one was really, that one was really bad too. Yeah. So far Tannen is still going strong and I spend enough money there. I might single-handedly be keeping them afloat. (laughs) Good for you. But Good for, yeah. I was like, when the quarantines began, I was like, okay, what is the one restaurant that I will keep alive if it is within my power? And that was the one I picked. You just pick one and you like go I'm visit like, it all the time. I get, yeah, Kara. Drive Kara, by, like, how's it going, buddy? I know, right? Um, for a while, like when the weather was nice, they were doing patio dining and it was so nice to go and get a crisp French fry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. that you're not like shoving in your mouth in your car as you're leaving like fucking Wendy's or whatever yeah it was amazing and so now it's back to carry out only for me at least and um so I do miss the freshness but I love that man so since you know we've been talking about teenagers and all what would you tell your teenage self? Do you have any advice for your teenage self? Oh, I'm always wary of like this question because I really am like against tampering with the timeline. <laughs> um, so, but I think something that I wish more teenager, I wish that people told teenagers more in general um, is that there's like, there's no one thing you were going to do in your teenage years that is going to like, alter the course of your life forever unless you like murder someone which i don't right. advise right um but like teenagers these days get um so much pressure on them to like do well in school to do activities to um like they feel like they have to have like social media followings and stuff and i feel like 
they all have so much pressure on them and it's okay to step back and just actually enjoy life a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so much of life is transitory, uh, especially high school. Thank God. Like high school does in fact end and lots of other things in life end. and learning how to roll with that is I think, um, a really useful skill for a healthy and happy life. Yeah. That's my, that's my weird way of answering that question. No, it's oh, a good way to If I met myself in the past, I would definitely not interact uh, for fear of like a butterfly effect scenario. <laughs> like, oh, don't make eye contact. Uh, I love that nerdy answer. That makes me so happy. Actually, <laughs> the one thing I would tell young Adib is enjoy your hair while you have it. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Just leave you a note. like Right. Just like mm-hmm. you have really beautiful hair. Um, maybe it won't always be there. Just enjoy it. Run your hands through it more. Intent. <laughs> right. You know, I have really luscious black curly hair. Um, and I just, I'm like, man, I wish I could just like push it off my head. Like, oh man, you're right though. You know, I've said for many, many years that I am so incredibly thankful that social media wasn't around when I was in high school and college, but you took it to the next level, which is that following. Like, that's true. I think that has become... Like it's taken social media to a different level of wanting even more acceptance, which is, it's it's like unattainable most of the time. And it's, you know, but you're right. I mean, I guess I never really thought of, I mean, I have, but not in those terms. So yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. And also like, so both of our two, one of Jessica's kids and then my kid, they're both in sixth grade and they have like a college course class or something. Like sixth college prep. College prep. And then they like sent me something like, well, this is how prepared your child is for college. And I was just like, fuck you. She's 12. Yeah, I know. 12. Right. Oh, I know, but also what I want to scream at them is like, like stop, stop determining things by testing. Right. Like, that determines nothing, dum-dums. Okay, right. I shouldn't say that. I don't mind our school district, but still, I'm just like, yeah. as a whole. like Testing and testing grading is- are both scams. Absolutely. And on a very biased set of criteria that only really serve one certain group of students. Right. Yeah, and I saw this thing the other day, and I was like, so I have thought for a long time that I think the the amount of time that kids have to go to school is ridiculous. And the amount of homework that they have is ridiculous. Like it doesn't, it's not teaching them anything other than giving them more pressure and blah, blah, blah. But I saw something the other day that I thought was really interesting. And then, and it was saying that, um, teaching kids that like having kids test by memorization is so ridiculous because you're not teaching them anything like teaching them how to look for things and to do research and to like that kind of taking tests is actually far more helpful and productive and it actually because and then like having them ask themselves questions to study because then that gets their brain working whereas if you're just memorizing it's silly which is very true very true Mm -hmm. I really feel like information literacy and critical thinking skills are kind of the most important things yeah. for people to learn. And those are so often the first things that go out the window in the, um, in the constant uh, struggle to get good standardized test scores yep. to maintain 
funding for your school because of, you know, heinous legislation like No Child Left Behind? God. Well, and I, you know, it's when you're using testing to like score teachers too, it drives me nuts because you're, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The whole mm-hmm. system. I mean, I don't have all the answers. I'm not like on anything in the world. Like I'm, I don't have any answers, but I have a lot of complaints. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I think, I think the problem is we've never really seen, um, an equitable and, um, and like thriving education system in this country. So we don't really know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's mostly like, well, I don't like that. And I don't like that. And I don't like that either. And we just, we can't even conceive of like what, what would be a good education system. And I think most of us have those glimpses when we're in school of, we have like, you know, that one teacher who kind of seems to have a passion for actually preparing young people for the world. And mm-hmm. often they're constantly in trouble with the administration for doing things they're not supposed to do. Yep. But those are the people that really stick with you. So I don't know. I think a, a grand reimagining of education would be um, kind of amazing, but also I don't know what that would look like. Right. It'd be right. scary as fuck too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, th- I mean, you <laughs> let's know. do it now. Right. Everybody's stuck at home. Let's just do it. They're already having to change a lot anyway. Why not just like throw it all out and start over? I think like the problem, a huge problem in this country in general is that um, we don't really, everybody just wants to do what we've always done. And it's really hard to get anybody to be on board with actually listening to research and like, science and stuff that is shown and that you know like I was saying like tons of homework it's not doing them any good it's not you know what I mean like things like that or the times that they have to go to school the the amount of time that they're there like it I just feel like if if somebody would just look at everything as a whole (laughs) come on and then get everybody on board instead of just doing everything the same. I think so much of it comes from capitalism. You know, we want people to go and be office drones, and so we need to prepare them for long, meaningless hours of the day by having them do it in uh, and they college do a bunch and of school. Stuff. Right. They, boot, right, they do Convince a bunch of stuff to to, you don't like mm-hmm. <laughs> to prepare you for work. Right, and we convince kids that they have to go to college um, to get a good job, and then we don't give them a good job to pay off their college. And so they just get to live in debt the rest of their life. Yep. Like me. Um, and it, yeah, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's such bullshit. And it all just feeds the machine of capitalism, which needs, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, I think like, needs you community, know, needs peasants. Even, yes. I have all these complaints now, but it doesn't feel like, I mean, it was years ago, but it doesn't feel like that long ago that I was just like, Oh yeah, this is what you do. You got to do this. You got to do that. You know, like I think, and everybody's kind of comfortable in that. And so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I understand why people just kind of want to do the normal, but sometimes I'm like, Hey, let's just see, <laughs> can we just like right. try something? It's because Maybe. I mean, so much of it is because the normal was established for a, the single post-war generation. Um, and they all got to go, go to college for like a hundred dollars a year Yep. Right. and wages kept up with it. And the world changed around them as so many of them kept sucking capital and hoarding capital and they failed to acknowledge that the world has changed and so made their kids do what they did but it did not work the same because the world was not the same 
fucking yeah, boomers. I get really frustrated when when um, boomers. I shouldn't say that. That's mean, but it's true. Get all hoity-toity about you know kids complaining about the call the cost of college and blah blah. I'm like, you have like, it's you different. have no There's idea. So many things that are different. It's yeah. it's it's so different. Even from when I went to college. And I graduated college in 2003 and the cost of college, I mean, it's like, it's insane. It's just, and back, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I wish people would just, you know, try, try and about stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think it'd be amazing if we cancel student debts. I, I know I am 1000 percent for it. And like, I my loans would not even be canceled because they're like privately held. I still want them to cancel student debt. Yeah. And I already paid mine off and I'm like, fucking cancel that shit. Cancel it. Right. Like it doesn't hurt my stupid feelings. I know. Like, right. I, I don't the only people it hurts people. are rich bank people. Wait, and no one mean, cares about them. You mean you guys care about other people? Radical. I know. <laughs> oh my God. Almost like, almost like the universe what? exists beyond the bounds of my own cranium. <laughs> Oh my right. God. All right. Yeah. I've, I've been learning about this new thing. Uh, I think it, they just started this year. It's called empathy. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Yeah. You care about other people. Yeah. I think I'm saying that right. People. Yes. Okay. I think, uh, Adib, you just did me a favor because normally I'm the one that mentions the word empathy in almost mm-hmm. every podcast. So mm-hmm. <laughs> good for you. Get to it. Get to it. <laughs> Indeed. One could say I was empathetic to your needs. Yes. Ooh, one could say. Right. I mean, yes. And one just did. Yes, we're one all did. talking about ourselves in the third person now. <laughs> Let's just finish the podcast that way. There's two puppers now. Uh, there, well, one has been here the whole time sleeping behind me. Uh, and then the little one <laughs> comes and goes as he pleases. That's fair. Podcast <laughs> dogs. Right. Um. So, do you have any woman influencers? Like, maybe from when you were young or now or whenever? Um, I mean, yeah, when, growing up, I spent a lot of time with my maternal grandmother, um, who, I mean, she, is, she passed away a few years ago, and I loved her dearly, but with passing of time, I'm able to get, you know, see her through less rose-colored glasses and know that she very much favored me over both my mom and my sister and so had really bad relationships with them and really bad a really good one with me um but yeah like she like I learned how to cook from her uh we would always like watch Star Trek together back when it was like new episodes were coming out Mm -hmm. um she was definitely a big influence on my life uh as was my dad's sister um who we always stayed with when we visited our family in Vancouver. Um, they moved to Vancouver from Iran after the revolution. And um, she was uh, a mother of six and uh, was just kind of like the matriarch of our family. Kettle was always on in her, house, in her house. You know, she was always welcoming guests. She'd always, you know, have us come stay with her when we visited for the summer. And so I think a lot of what I learned about um, hospitality and how to treat people and the importance of family. I really learned from her. Um, certainly my sister, uh, through both the good and the bad has had like a big mark on my life. 
Does she uh, live here now? Does she live close to you? Uh-huh, yeah, she lives up in the Northland as well. Oh, nice. Hey, well, that's where we are. We'll just say mm-hmm. hi to her sometime. Indeed. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, like, I had several teachers that were women that had big influences on me, uh, several friends that I'm still friends with to, to this day, um, are women or some, uh, actually a couple, uh, have recently come out as like non-binary and stuff, but were designated women or designated Mm -hmm. female at birth and spent a lot of their life identifying as that. Um, and so, yeah, I've had like, I don't know. Lots. A lots. I've been very fortunate, I think. (laughs) Um, as I feel like, you know, I feel like even though it took me a long, you know, I didn't come out until I was an adult, but I feel like even as a kid, other boys kind of could tell there was something different about me. And so I didn't have a whole lot of friends that were boys. Mm-hmm. And so I do feel like I escaped the scourge of toxic masculinity in a lot of ways. Insofar as I don't think I I took on as many like toxic mindsets myself. I mean, I certainly felt the pain of it as uh, people were, I think the medical term is shit bags. Oh, um, yeah. To me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I turned out all right for the most part. I think, I think so too. I, this is gross <laughs> and I don't <laughs> wish this on anyone, but I feel like having, you know, being the target of a lot of bullying when I was younger made me uh, a kinder person as an adult. Cause I'm like, Oh, I remember what it feels like when everyone's mean to you. So I'm going to try not to be mean to people. Aww. I wish that they could find that. Cause you know, there are people who, are bullied like that and then they decide that that's not who they want to be because they you know don't want to make somebody else feel that way and then there's other people that are just bullies to other people when when they can be (laughs) i hear some family things going on there's some family dynamics exciting there's some uh i'm just assuming that your boys are fighting (laughs) i don't know what's happening (laughs) Well, hopefully the kitchen's not on fire. Oh, Lord. I just hear, "Ah!" (laughs) 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 That was interesting. Um, But it, like, and then, but then other people turn into being a bully. I wish they could figure out, like, what happens to help people go one way or the other, you know? Mm -hmm. I think it's that difference between uh, um, post-traumatic stress and post-traumatic growth. Oof. Wait, there's an opposite of stress? Uh, post-traumatic growth. Never heard of that before. And I work oh. at a mental health place. Oh, really? <laughs> it's, it's the idea that um, after stressful experiences, some people experience growth uh, or self-actualization. Right. Wow. You never get to hear about that part. <laughs> no. No, no one talks about it. So I how feel do we like make, it's, how it's do we a relatively growth and not stress, right? Because that, uh, yeah, you just blew my mind. Right, we're just like what? Okay. Right. I feel like um, I feel like I read about it in this book. I read about like the benefits of stress. Um, like two years ago, it was like a basically on like you know, the, the way that you think about stress and the way you engage with stress and the kind of stress that you deal with in life can 
uh, like doesn't have you. to be, it doesn't have to be a defeating thing. Huh. It can be, you know, a thing that helps you grow. And then they kind of went on the tangent of post-traumatic growth. And that's where I first heard about it. Wow. I like that. I like that concept. But I believe it, I believe it is a fairly new one. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a, a science person. Don't ask me. <laughs> What's a science? No, you said it. It means you're an expert. Yes. yes. You're the I'm expert. talking oh! on the internet. That means <laughs> everything I'm saying is 100% true. True. Correct. Yes. That's, Yay. that's what the key said. Chiron goes across the screen. This claim is disputed. Right. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll just throw that on there. Well, I'll make ty- Tyler. <laughs> that's right. Do it in post. We'll do it in post. Every time, every time you're in the podcast basement and you say Tyler, you always look up. So I don't know if you're like it. It's almost like you're talking to like a voice in your head, maybe. <laughs> Not judging. That's well, okay. Right, right now, well, because he always sits over here. But right, <laughs> yes. but right now, he's he's in the living he's room. Yeah, but the living room is only like right there because it's a level house so he could probably hear me through the wall <laughs> it makes me happy though <laughs> uh, oh Adib, you said that you came out in your adult years so what was dating life like pre and post <laughs> dating life free was really not a whole lot um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It feels gross, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of a gold star gay, but I never really dated any girls. Um, oh, so. you do get a gold star. I know, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. Dating was really complicated, you know, being that it was Kansas City, mm-hmm. um, and also being that I'm kind of a homebody, and I don't know. It's it's been weird. I still haven't quite figured it out, obviously, because I'm quite single and. Um, <laughs> Back in back in 2018, when my very first book was coming out, and I was like overwhelmed with uh, lots of stuff, I just kind of stepped away from dating for a while because um, I was just so busy and I was traveling a bunch. And one of my like, I don't really do New Year's resolutions, but one of my goals for 2020 is like, I'm going to get back out into the dating world. And a few months in, <laughs> uh, we were told we couldn't leave the house. And I was like, Oh, okay, this is now a 2021 or 2022 goal. Yeah. Uh, Get back out there. Um, But yeah, like, I mean, I like people. I don't know. I actually, it's weird. I kind of like dating. Like, I think it's kind of fun getting to know people and it's exciting when it's exciting when things click. (laughs) uh, You know, it's always sad if things end, which obviously everything has always ended. Um, Oh, that was so depressing sounding. Um, yeah, like I think it's, I think, I think it's a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah. That's like a really bizarre, I haven't really thought about it too much because I've just been like, oh yeah, I'm not doing it in 2020, obviously, because you can't touch faces with other people. Right. (laughs) You can't even like talk to other people, really. You can yell at them from like 10 feet away. Right. People are like, why don't you go on Zoom dates? And I was like. You can't tell if someone smells weird on Zoom. Right. And I'm sorry, but that is a deal breaker for me. Right. Don't be like, don't have BO. How hard is it to wear some sort of deodorant? Right. It's also not just BO. Like sometimes um, people just like 
choose scents for themselves that I just don't like. And I was like, oh, well, if you were wearing it, you probably like it. And I hate that smell. And that means we're not going to be compatible. Um, <laughs> you smell disgusting. Right. You need that, like, if you ever do like a dating profile, you need to put like the colognes that you will not even fuck around. Do with. you wear this cologne? <laughs> we will not speak. Right. Mm. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> So do you have a worst first first date? Ooh. I don't think so. <laughs> I feel like most of my I feel like most of my first dates have been like pretty run of the mill, like coffee and chat or mm-hmm. wine and chat or dinner and chat. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, pretty no, no know, crazy stories. No crazy stories. Um, I mean I, I I kind of wish I, I kind of wish I did have one. Yes. Um, because that would make like great fodder for books. Right. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, maybe yeah, everything is like really basic. <laughs> so basic. No. no, you're just calm, man. Like uh, my friend Kyle was on an episode, and his his first date, his worst first date, was with his actual husband. So. Oh no. They went to McDonald's or something. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Phil was wearing a braided belt. I was gonna say, was it the braided brown belt it, thing? It's, yeah, it's the braided belt. And that's oh even that episode. So <laughs> that's uh, hilarious. He's like, Yeah, Phil was wearing a braided belt and we ate at McDonald's. Like <laughs> I mean, but that's that's cute though. <laughs> It is cute. Listen, sometimes it's not like, sometimes it's those things. And if you can get past those things. Right. Like so yours could be, good. yours could be, ugh, he was wearing this shitty cologne <laughs> <laughs> that I fucking hate. <laughs> See, that could be a thing. I don't know, man. That's How do it. you get past the smell? That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I'm with you on this. Like, I, I, how do you get past that? Because if you don't like it, ugh. you don't like it, but and they do. Like, like I think it's really. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I was just saying, like, if I, if they do like it, I feel like it's a really shitty thing to be like, "Hey, exactly. change it alone for me." Yes. Listen, I I need you to change that. If we're gonna continue, <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing big. I don't want you to change your personality. Just your shitty alone. <laughs> Just the way you smell every day, it's just not doing it for me. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's not too much to ask, right? It really isn't. I feel like I am a, like I am one of those people that's very sensitive to odors. Um, yeah, be like, can you just not wear cologne? So, I was thinking the other day though that as I was putting perfume on, that because I'm. A, like even almost every day I still wear perfume. Like I, I don't go anywhere. I only wear I'm perfume not. if I'm going to see other human beings. Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just, I like the smell. I don't know. I'm a weirdo. Um, I, I don't brush my that. hair every other day, but <laughs> wear perfume. But God damn it. I smell good. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but God damn it. Where was I going <laughs> Hey, Talk do you need another drink? I getting people to change their colognes. You guys, this is not. Oh, I know. Okay, so I was putting on perfume the other day, and I just thought to myself, it would really suck to be one of those people that's severely allergic to 
sense, like perfume and cologne and all that stuff. Like that would suck. Cause I really enjoy Smells. the way, well, I don't always enjoy the way people smell, but that's like a big thing for me. So right. like that would be a bummer. That would be a bummer. Yeah. That's my PSA for the thing. <laughs> so you say you're, you say you're a homebody. So are you an introvert or an extrovert? I actually am an extrovert for the most part. Um, like I love going out and being with people. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm also very content, like being at home, doing my own thing. And uh, yeah, it's weird, but I definitely, I don't think I'm very introverted except in certain circumstances, like in super duper large crowds of strangers. I'm like, right. What do I do? Um, where do I, I had put my drink, hands? Say, say again. <laughs> I said, yeah, where do I put my hands? Um, <laughs> ideally, they're holding a drink and then the drink is empty and then I become slightly tipsy and know how to talk to people again. Correct. But yeah, I love meeting people. I love getting to know people. And I love then saying goodbye to those people and going home to watch Shit's Creek or whatever by myself. Oh, God, Shit's yes. Creek. Mm. It's so good. <laughs> This is now a Schitt's Creek fan uh, podcast. Can so. we just, can we do that? Can we have a Schitt's Creek podcast where we just watch each episode and then just like be fans? I love, I love rewatching Schitt's Creek. I know. Uh, it's that so is good. definitely, a lot of people have those comfort shows and I feel like Schitt's Creek is, has turned into my comfort show because every episode just makes me feel all the warm and fuzzies and it's just it's like the world I want to live in <laughs> right like, I know right yeah everybody's I mean, honestly so accepting without even like having the conversation and it's yeah. just uh, I, it makes me let's all just think about shit I would like to move it I think one of the most interesting things about re-watching it after seeing the end Mm-hmm. is the way it kind of redeems the first season right. um, in a way that like I liked it from the first episode because I love Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy yes um, but so many people like have a hard time with that first season I was like no I promise I right. promise it's worth it um, but going back and rewatching it I was like oh like I can see the way that like their lives up to this point had like impacted the behavior and all the things that they're unlearning uh-huh. And Absolutely. They had to have that happen. first season to show the growth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I didn't have, I didn't really like the first few episodes. I was just like, are, are these characters going to redeem themselves? Like, are they going to grow? Um, but I never, I've heard that where people struggle with the full first season and I did like right. three episodes right. in and I was hooked. I was, cause I thought there was even like the slightest bit of growth and there was humor and like, it was fantastic. Also, oh. Dan Levy, <sighs> I love him so much. <sighs> Me too. Mm. Uh, I love, I love them all. But from the moment that Catherine O'Hara as Moira was sitting, sta- sitting in her <laughs> wig closet, screaming <laughs> as her screaming. life was falling apart around her, I was like, like is that oh, where she... She screams that two wigs can't be next to each other. <laughs> right. Just like, what? I was immediately like, oh, I love this. 
Yeah. Like, yes. It's like Arrested Development, except everyone is actually a good person. Right. Instead of yes. everyone a bad right. person. Right. <laughs> um, That's what's so funny, though. It's like, like Catherine O'Hara. God. She, it's like she's so good at, at showing all through that weirdness of that character that she's actually a good person. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's good people in her. Like, it's just, I love, yeah, right. it's so good. Um, <laughs> so like, of course we've watched Home Alone because it's Christmas time. And Duh. so Anna um, has watched Schitt's Creek. We watched all of it together. Um, That's so it was my second, my second time, but it was her first time watching it. So we watched it all. And then Home Alone comes on and she said, is that Moira Rose? <laughs> I was like, oh my yes, god! Did girl. she start? Did she start the trending? <laughs> no, like I don't a, think so. I oh, know there, was, there a, was a thing. There was a thing uh, on BuzzFeed where people like, where it was like, people are just now discovering that Moira Rose was in Home Alone. I was like, right. I know. Oh, the that, mom from Home Alone was in Schitt's Creek. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. Doesn't that like make? Does that make you guys feel old? Like it makes me feel old because people. Yeah, or like the Stevie Nicks song that was in that TikTok thingy where they were doing the and they were like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Hello, hello." Have you never listened to Fleetwood Mac, <laughs> motherfucker? I don't think it makes me. It doesn't make me feel very old, but it does make me like stop and think about like the way that different generations consume media and like which media were like huge parts of my childhood that are less mm-hmm. huge parts of others and which parts were like small parts that have surprisingly gone on to have lives of their own. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I want to talk about your books real quick. Oh, they're, they're terrible. Why would you do that? Oh, no, I would no, never. They're not terrible. I love my books. Delightful. I love my book babies. I love your book babies. Thank you. Darius, he's so cute. Your book babies. Bebe. Yes, bebe. (laughs) (laughs) The bebe. So right now you have two books out. I do. Darius the Great is not okay, and Darius the Great deserves better. Oh, they're so good. And they are YA. They are. But they they talk about real, like real life things happening is why I really, really enjoyed them. Like depression and bullying and Darius comes out in the books. It's just, they're so good. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'm really proud of them and I worked really hard on them and it's been really, um, it's been really rewarding to see um, them like being taught in schools now. Because when I was in school, literally all the books we read were by dead white men and about rich white white boys. Yes. Um, So it's been really (laughs) exciting to see the way that um, the We Need Diverse Books movement and uh, groups like Project Lit and Disrupt Texts have really changed the conversation around uh, education, particularly like English language education. Mm -hmm. So that's been really good, really good and cool. And I, sometimes I'm just like, boy, am I going to be someone that like one day kids are going to be like really resentful of being assigned to read my <laughs> books because they're not relevant to their lives. I feel like kids are just going to be resentful of of things that they have to read in school most of the time anyway. 
which is yeah, strange. But if, there like, is a kid, I, I, if there's a kid that is experiencing anything in those books, though, they're right. going to feel relief. They're going to feel what you felt or what right. the opposite of what you felt having to read, read about dead white guys, you know, like a separate or, piece, which is like my number one hate book. <laughs> I just hate that book so much. I hate it. I, I, we need more of that, Mm -hmm. more representation, more is exciting exciting. actual things that teenagers are going through. That was my thing in school though, is that my, my ADD got in the way if it, it was something that I couldn't relate to, or, you know, even in college, I always could really pay attention really well when it was something about like real stories and real things that happened rather than just like reading a textbook, you know, but if the textbook was like about real stuff, that would be great. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. How Um, did you get like, how did you decide to like be an author? Like what, what was it that you were just like, okay, I'm going to do this. It was kind of an accident, actually. Um, after film school, uh, I like dabbled in screenwriting for a while because I really liked the screenwriting classes I took while I just didn't like the rest of film school and didn't think I really wanted to like go and make movies. Mm-hmm. I was like, what if I just write the movies and someone else makes them? But you have to like be rich or know rich people to make mm-hmm. like to get your screenplays produced. And mm-hmm. I was like what if I turned my screenplay into a book? And so I did, and it was terrible. The screenplay was terrible and the book was terrible. Um, But at that point, I kind of like got the bug for writing. And so I was mostly just writing for fun. And after a while, I was like, I wonder if I could try to get a book published. Um, And I did, and I failed. And I failed several more times. Um, But at that point, I was like, okay, well, now I'm definitely going to do it at some point. Uh, So I kept at it and... Finally, um, Darius ended up being the book that got published, um, which surprised me greatly because I literally went into it. I went into writing it being like, eh, no one will ever want to read this or publish it. I'm just going to write a book about the things that I like. <laughs> Hence why it's about being Iranian and tea and Star Trek. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to my great surprise, people actually did want to read that book. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. But yeah, it was kind of a weird, like, accidental career. So how did you get it published? Like, what did you... Oh, I sent it to... through hoops. <laughs> oh, so uh, after spending, like, two years writing and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting it, uh, I finally decided it was as good as I could make it. And so I started sending it out to agents, being basically emailing agents, um, most of whom I found, like, from the acknowledgement sections of books that I had enjoyed, um, but also just internet research. And I was like, dear agent, here's what my book is about. Would you like to read it? And some of them, most of them yes. said no, but a few of them said yes. Uh, and then of the people that said yes and that I sent the book to, a few of the people said, hey, I really like this and I think I can sell it and I want you to let me represent you. And so I signed with one. Uh, her name is Molly O'Neill. Hey, Molly. She's amazing. <laughs> um, and so we spent some time revising it because it had a very saggy middle. She's like, okay, I think this is ready. And so she started sending it out to editors at different publishers. And uh, several of them were interested, uh, but one in particular, her name is Dana Chidiak, uh, 
she's Lebanese American and had been really like looking for books about the Middle East that weren't about um, war or terrorism, um, but just kind of captured the diaspora experience. And, and so she snatched my book up and was like, yes, I will publish this. And so, yeah, it just, it was kind of a, a really, uh, kind of an outlier as far as publishing stories and that it happened fairly quickly mm-hmm. and fairly successfully, if I may, if I may say so. You may. Um, like it was fairly well received <laughs> and won some awards and, and shit. So Hell that's yeah, amazing. A lot of awards. So I was very, very, very fortunate. Good for you. It's been a really cool experience. Yeah. And I enjoy it. So please keep writing and I'll keep All reading right. them. And I'm not a young adult. I'm a middle-aged white lady. That's okay. I am also not <laughs> um, But yeah, well, I do have more on the way. I have my very first picture book comes out in February. Oh, yay. Um, which is like for young readers. And it's about uh, the Iranian holiday Nowruz New Year's celebration, which happens every spring equinox. Ooh. It's called Seven Special Somethings. And then in 2022, I have uh, my next novel coming out, which is called Kiss and Tell. And it's about uh, the only gay member of a Canadian boy band navigating fame and being in the public eye uh, and a messy, a messy so breakup. And possibly. I, <laughs> I want to read it so bad. I want to make it not, not crappy really badly. I just, I turned in my first round of edits and my editor is reading them right now and she's like I'm listening to k-pop right now and editing your book and I'm loving it and I was like this is <laughs> just this is perfect this I mean what else can you do I know right listen I've done a lot of research on boy bands <laughs> I did yeah. I, I I did too I read several articles I actually like bought a book that was like a book about like the history of boy bands from the Dang. Beatles to today um, oh my gosh! Okay. My my research okay. is just fangirling since I was nine years old. So that's fair. Yep. <laughs> I went through a phase when I was very disdainful of boy bands. Um, I was in like seventh grade when Hanson became a thing, and I do still find Hanson a little bit insufferable. Um, <laughs> and then I was in high school when like the NSYNC Backstreet Boys wars were happening, mm-hmm. uh, and my sister very firmly took a stack NSYNC. Okay, <laughs> see that was my sister. My sister was also an NSYNCer. Yeah. yeah. And so I like by default that's what I heard. But as an adult, like going back and listening, I was like, I feel like maybe the Backstreet Boys were actually the more talented group. Oh I I challenge that. Oh, which is fair. Clearly. No, you guys have again. to have a duel. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. fantastic. Uh, yeah, yes. So, okay, so February is the picture book and 2022 is the Kiss and Tell? Yes. <gasps> I can't wait. I know, right? Assuming know. there's still a, a planet Earth in 2022. Right. That's when my next right. book will come out. Well, if you need I mean, beta readers or arc readers, where we I know. Are. I was about to be like, can I be? I hope I, I do hope I get arcs for this one. Yeah. Um, they, We're right they, here. They printed arcs for Darius the Great Deserves Better. Yeah. Um, and they got printed in March. And they're like, well, um, the warehouses are working at half capacity. Shipping is working at half capacity. So we're only mailing finished books from from now on. Uh, so 
somewhere exist boxes and boxes of early copies of my book that never got sent out anywhere. Oh my gosh. Let's get those and then be like, well, I, I own one of these. Right? They like, never got know, sent out. <laughs> like I myself didn't get any of my own arcs. Oh my God. I don't know if they're getting pulped or recycled or if they're going to get donated to some, I hope they're going to get donated. <laughs> right. Like, to like juvenile yeah. places to or schools. Or something. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, so cool. who knows? Who knows? But yeah. I was like, oh, that's great. crazy. <laughs> that's hilarious. So hopefully, eventually, there will be physical arcs of this <laughs> and tell, and I will actually like get some that I could funnel yeah. on your way. Yes, please do. Uh, so, do you have? And it could be about anything. Do you, can you think of of something that has been the best advice that you've heard in your life? Ooh. I feel like I've gotten lots of good advice in my life and now I'm really struggling to think of um, like trying to like pick one. I have always liked the advice that if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find a bigger room um, because like that's how you grow. Yeah. I guess I'll go with that one because now I'm just feeling a lot of pressure and I've like broken out into a flop sweat. (laughs) It's like, oh no, what's a device? I'm kidding. I really do like that one. Yeah, that's, oh, that's I like that too. Yeah. Can we can we like extend that too? If you're not the smartest person in the room, also find a bigger room because everybody needs to learn from everybody. Right. <laughs> right. Please, I would please say just fair. go. Yeah. I think yeah. Cool. I like so, that though. That's really speaking, that's that says a lot, I think. Yeah. yeah. But I feel yeah, I mean, I feel like moving through life with the goal to always be learning and growing is a really good way to move. And it's not always easy. I mean, I think like sometimes it's uncomfortable and sometimes it's like, you have to be like, Oh, I was wrong. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm not a big fan of being wrong. (laughs) So yeah, no, I, I find the older I get, the more I embrace being wrong and, apologizing and learning um because i've come to the (gasps) buffer i have come to the conclusion and that the world would be a better place if more people were comfortable saying that they're wrong and saying they're sorry and learning to do better and so i try to always like lead with that feeling (gasps) thank you thank you oh puppy kisses He's a good boy. Do you have any dogs? I do not have any dogs. Uh, I don't have any pets. I live in an apartment. And so it was like really expensive (laughs) to try to like get a pet. And also in the before times I was traveling a lot. Yeah. um, Between my day job and between author stuff. And so I would feel really bad leaving a dog at home. And then like it's a pandemic and income is uncertain. And so again, pets are expensive. And so. Right. My, 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 my goal is 2020 by 2023. I want to get like a small house with a lawn so I can finally get a doge. Yeah. Yes. Meanwhile, I go that's, visit yeah. other people's dogs to pet them. That's all you have to do. <laughs> that's fine. It that's works. been one of the worst things I think about 2020 is like, even if you see a dog, you can't like go up to that person and be like, Hey, can I pet <laughs> your dog? It because, depends how long I mean, you can. Is. And I frequently have. Right. But it's like, there's that thing in the back of my head. That's like, I don't want to freak. Like, I don't want to get too close to anybody. 
because I don't want to freak people out and, you know. The so. trick is to not move away when the dog sprints at you and wants pets. Oh, yeah. 100 like, Oh, hello. May I pet your dog? Yes. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 come yeah. to greet me. And then they're like, yeah, that's a different don't mind him. And I was like, no, I promise I don't mind. Yes. <laughs> I know. Anytime anybody's like, I'm so dog. sorry that he's jumping on you. I'm like, no, it's made my like, No, it's just the bacon in my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, all of this. And you pull out meat. I'm just doing it to attract dogs. Like, Why do you think I'm at this dog park without uh, a dog? Come on. Actually, I did have, like, before the quarantine times, I, like, actually had this plan to go start hanging out at dog parks without a dog, hoping mm-hmm. to meet a man, a man with a dog. Um, and I just had this whole, like, romantic comedy planned out in my mind. I feel like this could work. I, I do too. My first thought was like, that's very different than not having kids and hanging out at a playground. Yeah, no shit, because that's creepy. Oh. <laughs> that's creepy. But oh, not that's having a way to end up on a list. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of lists. I guess it's more of a registry. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that I think that could I'm I'm playing a romantic comedy in my head right now. Mm-hmm. And I like it. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. I'm there for that. I'd watch that. I'd read it in a book. I'd watch it in yep. a movie. Yep. I'd watch it in real life, Adib. Noted. I'm going <laughs> to, you know, once the quarantines end, if they ever end, that's on. That's in the playbook. Okay. As long as you promise. I promise. Um, okay. So the next one, do you have a me too that you want to talk about or will talk about? I I don't think so. And I say that I don't think so because when I was very, not very young, when I was like 12 or 13, we got like our first computer with the internet. And I was like hanging out in a lot of internet chat rooms about um, the Transformers. Obviously. <laughs> and, and like, <laughs> it's weird. I was a very naive child and I was heavily medicated when I was a teenager and so I think I might have actually been being groomed at one point. Like there oh were, God. there was like some adults that I would like private message with that were talking to me about things that they absolutely should not have been talking to me about as like a 13 year old. Um, but everything like just went over my head. And I think apparently, I think I was too stupid to be groomed. And so I think I did dodge a bullet there, but it's really weird to like look back as an adult and like, oh, those people were all super inappropriate with me, oh but nothing God. ever happened. <laughs> So, yeah. so that's why I say, like, I don't think I really did have one. No, I, I think, think that is I, one. I, I think, think it counts. If I had made different choices. Yeah. Thank God it did differently. Yeah. But I, I think that's I definitely a me too. That's icky. Yeah. It was I'm very icky. Glad. Oof. But I don't, I feel like I, I was too, I was too stupid for it to have like any lasting harm on me. And they know that it, that you were thir- they knew you were thirteen. Yeah, they knew I was like a kid. Um, so I, it was really weird and gross, um, but nothing like nothing bad ever happened, thankfully. And so I really, uh, like I dodged a bullet. Yeah, so I think it's it really still counts. Weird. Okay, I absolutely yeah yeah because that's real I'm, fucked up. Like that's the exact reason why you know like my oldest plays Fortnite and stuff, and he like talks to his pr- friends, but we don't let him like do anything besides his friends and that's why like because he's also like 
I mean, I think thankfully he wouldn't understand if somebody was, cause he's kind of, he's a little bit immature for his age. <laughs> um, but yeah. he's just a baby. Him's just a baby. Just I, a I, I can't little. even, he is a baby. I would a lose my fucking mind. Like if I ever can't, Oh, I'd lose my fucking mind. Like I would, mm-mm. I would go to wherever those people were and then I'd beat the shit out of them. Yeah. I, I think I'm I think that was the thing when we were younger that you know because the internet I mean I don't know how old Adib you are but I think I I was born in 84 so I think I'm a few years younger but I, you know the internet was bar- the internet was new <laughs> like you know so much of this so stuff new. I mean I feel like you know there were so many things that happened back then that I de- I mean things still happen now but I just think you know, we, our age group are now parents and we're like, oh no, no, you're not, you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. I do like our, a, our generation had to learn the hard way, uh, how to set boundaries and what like responsible boundaries were mm-hmm. in a way that no other generation did because the technology didn't exist. Like we were the ones to find out where all the creepy points were. Yeah. Um, and so it's really it's really weird now as an adult being like somewhat public facing and that like I get interaction from teens, like I'll get emails from teen readers sometimes. I was like, and I'm like, okay, like how do I make sure that all boundaries are very healthy in this? Like, oh, I loved your book. Do you have any advice about like coming out to my parents or I'm dealing with mental health crisis? What should I do? And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. first of all, definitely seek a professional, which I am not. Right. But also like, I'm an adult and I'm a stranger and you definitely shouldn't tell me some of these things. And it's not because I don't care about you or want you to be healthy, but it's because healthy boundaries are really important, especially on the internet. And like, here are resources for you that are professional. And now I have to like step away from you because people have been creepy to me in the past and I don't want to be creepy to you. Right. So it's I really, love that though. Really I love that weird so and much. hard to figure out. No, I really genuinely love that. I think that's because like, I like that you say, it's not that I don't care about you. I really care about your well-being. but this, this, the boundary side of this is very important. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm literally stranger danger. (laughs) You are just (laughs) emailing me and don't know me. Right. Oh goodness. Um, Yeah. So it's, I don't know. It's been really, it's been really kind of eye-opening to to be like, oh, now I am an old who has to now, like, <laughs> stop and think of what are responsible and healthy boundaries and how to, you know, make it a safer, healthier internet for other people. Right. <laughs> My hero. My <laughs> hero. Dear Deep. <laughs> well, are you good at, at taking compliments? Uh, I try my hardest to be gracious and not blush okay. too much. Well, I'm going to need you to give yourself one then, please. Okay. Um, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Carly, do you think there's ever going to be a day where somebody just like throws one out? Like, no. Well, I had a very try one. It'd be like, Adib, you have really lovely eyelashes. Um, you do have lovely eyelashes. They're very like thick and like they curl nicely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's like an running thing. But I was trying to think of something like really nice and meaningful to tell myself. Um, and I'm going to tell, I would, I would say to myself and about myself, um, that I have really like 
grown a lot in the last two years. And I'm really proud of who I have become like as an author and of the work I'm putting out in the world. And, uh, that I feel, I feel, and I hope that I'm making the world at least a little bit better for the next generation, which I feel like is a really important thing to do. That's a good that one. Is, that is a good one. But also, again, eyelashes. Yeah. I do think I have really nice eyelashes, too, except for I have, like, this one. No, eyebrow. So nice eyelashes, but also mostly nice eyebrows, except for this. There's this, like, one hair that, like, <laughs> some mornings it goes, it just goes up this way instead of, like, this way. No, you just way. have to just cut it with scissors. Okay. Cut, I sometimes get annoyed pucker. with it. I mean, sometimes it's just like I'll lick my finger and do that and it's fine. Or sometimes I will, it, but just it always like, grows back. Rip it out. It always grows back. And you do have nice eyelashes because I've seen them in person and Thank they you. are thick and lovely. I'm trying to, I'm like trying to turn. <laughs> look, look at it. Green light look catches at them. <laughs> those are good. Those are. And they do curl nicely. Yeah, that's not fair. Good for you. <laughs> Okay. I, well, all the hair migrated from here to just right in there. <laughs> well, it looks nice now. Thank you. Actually, now I'm lying. It's all hair on my chest. <laughs> that's just where it has to go. It's I mean, also, that's okay too. <laughs> oh, uh, in winter, though, I, st- I miss having a head of hair in the winter because my yeah. head gets so cold and my ears. And so I like have to pull my hats like all the way down here. <laughs> Also, I think I'm just going to keep wearing a mask in the winter, even after COVID, because it keeps right? me nice and warm. I know. It's but sad. also, like, I don't need those other germs. I don't want the flu. I'm wearing right. my mask. Right. I'm just going to wear one good thing always. that might come from 2020. <laughs> right. I, I mean, they, they wear masks in, in like, China and the big cities and everything just because of pollution. Right. But, like, that'll protect you against, like, other people's gross-ass germs. I don't don't imagine myself being a permanent mask wearer. One, because I'm kind of always eating. Um, But two, because uh, like a lot of um, a lot of people with hearing difficulties uh, have a like, even if they can hear if they have like less than 100% hearing, have a hard time if they can't see your lips. Yeah. Yeah. and also as a glasses wear, normally, like, the fog is annoying. The fog. Yeah. And also mask knee. Mask Oh, mask knee. Yep. So, mm. like, I have to, I constantly breathe down to try not to fog up my glasses. And it's just, like, disgusting. Yep. That's I fair. hate, I hate it. Um, but, like, if wearing a mask is required, I will, of course, comply but yep. I do hope we can get to a place where we don't have to ask if everywhere. Because I like seeing I like seeing other people's faces and smiling at them. Right. I'm like, oh, I'm smiling, but then I'm like, fuck, I'm wearing a mask. They probably just think I'm an asshole. Who knew we all should have been watching America's Next Top Model and learning how to smize? Smize. <laughs> uh, I can't anyway. do it. I can't do it. Um, I think my eyes change when I smile. So I think I probably look like a serial killer when I try to smile. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, no. I'm sure I get a weird face on my face. It's fine. <laughs> I know, right? It's all good. Uh, all right. Okay. What's the last thing you searched on your phone? I don't know. I, my I, phone is in the other room. 
Son of a bitch. Um, I think it might have been the Bering Straits. Wow. <laughs> I love you. Not lying. It's, it's research. It's research for a book idea. Oh. <laughs> Makes sense. I love it so much. Oh, shit. Okay, um, I'm going to do another one. Oh, wait. Yeah, Kate, do one. Card. Okay. Oh, okay. No, you got it. I didn't know if you got it quick enough. Favorite clothing? Um, Like specific piece or like type? I don't know. Whatever. Either or both. Um, both. I mean, I really, I really like um, these Henleys I get from Nordstrom Rack that I bought like six of all in the same. Nice. Just different colors. Um, I also should. really like cute underwear, which is why I'm in an underwear of the month club. What? Nice. That sounds so an, fun. An online subscription service that sends me a new pair of cute underwear every month. It's great. I don't um, have yeah, room for I, all my underwear anymore, but whatever. I love things that come monthly, like book boxes. Love it. Uh, underwear. I don't have it, but I love it. I really wish my skincare would like get their act together and like let me sign up for a subscription instead of constantly having to reorder when I run out. Right. Because it lasts for like a month, so why not just let me sign up to have a new one right. shipped to me every month? Right. Even Amazon does that. Fucking Amazon. <sighs> Fuck yeah. Amazon. Fuck Amazon. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Gonna have to get rose water from them though, you guys. No, I promise you, you can get it at that store on Inglewood, Jasmine Mart. Okay. The next time I'm able to leave my home without have infecting people, swing by on the way home from work. I know. Is he still going to the office or is he mostly from... No, he has to go into the stupid fucking office. Okay. So Inglewood, <laughs> is, like, Inglewood is on the way home. 169 in Inglewood. Yeah. He could even bring you a Leo's Pizza, which is a delicious St. Louis-style pizza with caramelized Provel cheese on top. Don't yeah. tell Tom. I've still never had that, but this is... So my little sister and my brother-in-law live in St. Louis right now, and my brother-in-law grew up in St. Louis. And my husband makes fun of them for that pizza because he... It is a cracker... But it, I, I, not, I don't know that I, it just doesn't sound like it would be my thing, but you know, one of these days I'll try it. I, I don't know that I would call it pizza in the truest sense of the word anymore that I would call Chicago style deep dish pizza in the true sense of the word, but it is delicious. Okay. Yes. I'm gonna in the way that Chicago is also delicious, even though it's more of a casserole. Yep. St. <laughs> Louis style cracker with cheese and sauce is delicious, even okay, if it's not. I'm going to have to try it. it. Okay. Do you yeah. believe in ghosts? I do not believe in ghosts. Okay. Wow, that was fast. It was fast. Normally, like, I, some... I don't, I don't really go for any paranormal phenomena. I think I'm very much a rationalist in that, I think. So no, do you believe in aliens? I do believe in aliens because I believe. In science? I believe, I believe that it is highly statistically unlikely that we are the only living beings in the entire universe of billions. Really, isn't that what I said last time? And you're like, Oh, that's that. No, that's a that, good point. Was that last time? I don't know. I just know that I believe in aliens just because they have to be out there. I don't necessarily think they've been here, but oh, do yeah, I don't know that I believe earth has had contact with any others no. or that even alien life forms, uh, include Could get like, here? beings like ourselves. Right. I'm, like, I'm sure that there's asteroids or planetoids or moons that have microbes on them that have other kinds of life on them. Yes, I agree. It would be weird if Earth was the only place that had... It's not. If, it's... if it is, then we probably actually are in the Matrix. 
Right. <laughs> then this is the Matrix. Like, right. it's it's just like back in the day when they were like, the Earth is the center of the universe. Like, no, 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 no. Nope. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's like America. America is the center of the world. Right. No. no. Okay, last one. Guilty pleasure. Go. I don't believe, I'm trying really hard in my 30s to not allow uh, myself to feel guilty about any thing that yes. I enjoy. That is um, our thing too. <laughs> so I will, I will instead say um, something that I have discovered a new pleasure in in 2020. Yes. Um, which is I've actually started reading a lot of adult um, romance novels. Yes, welcome. But people like friends kept recommending them to me, and I was like, okay, well, I am in a reading slump, and I'm going to try this. And uh, you love it. Have been lamentably heterosexual, and also still delightful anyway. So it's yes. been fun. Do you have yes. favorites? Uh, I don't know that I have favorites, but I will tell you the ones, like a few of them that I read this year and enjoyed. I really liked The Roommate um, by Rosie Danan. Oh my God, it's so good. Which is delightful and also yes. lamentably heterosexual. Oh, yes. yeah. Really cute. <laughs> yes. So much. I liked that one a lot. Right. Um, I really liked um, Boyfriend Material yes. um, by Alexis Hall, which was delightful. I think I and, did read that one this year too. Yeah. And um, our mutual friend, Sierra Simone, wrote, um, uh, and, uh, wrote in an anthology of with five authors called Naughty Brits, which also my friend Tessa Grattan was in as well. Uh-huh. Um, and I found it uh, quite charming as well. It and was, it was really good. <laughs> it was so, Tessa is one of my like favorite people. Uh, and it was so funny because after she did it, she, she never, she just kept being like, guess what? I wrote a smut. <laughs> yeah. was, I, I, like, wrote... Oh, I read everything you write. So I will obviously read your smut. Yeah, she was like, um, yeah. I wrote one smut. <laughs> yes. And it was um, it was very delightful, and it made me want to visit Wales, mm-hmm. particularly Tessa's story. Which was I don't, I did not read that. Now I now I need to. Yeah. I think people, I'm, I am. Romance gets a bad. It's a there's a bad rep. I think like people well, that's think because it's patriarchy. Right. right. Fuck right. patriarchy. Correct. It, but it's. I mean, there's like, like. I am a I am a bookworm. Like I am such a dork for books. So I have read so many different books. But romance novels have given me some of the most feels that I've ever felt in my life. Like mm-hmm. it's delightful. Oh, so like like listen, I will fucking cry at this book, and you can't stop me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the patriarchy, I'll give you a spoiler for Kiss and Tell. Um, there I'm is here a, for it. Not, there is a non-binary drag monarch in it named Masha Patriarchy. Oh my god! Uh, who, will hopefully, who will hopefully survive the editorial process and be in the final book? But I'm really oh, proud of so. their character because I like, will oh, protest. That, that's a great <laughs> drag name. That is a great drag name. You should just dedicate the book to that <laughs> in case it doesn't make it in. Oh, I'm. Uh, I'm not sure who I'll dedicate this book to. I might dedicate it. No, I can't say. No, I have a few say. ideas about it. It's really, it's going to be really weird. Whatever I pick, if I mention someone else in this and then they're not, it's right, not and then right. that's going to be like the mother of all guilt trips. Right. It's fine. <laughs> you can tell us after we stop recording and then nobody else will hear it. Perfect. That's true. <laughs> okay. So here's what we're going to do. Um, your organization was fair fight. 
right? Yes, fair fight action. Fair fight action. Oh, Stacy. And then um, <laughs> you can also check out Adib's books. It's Darius the Great is not okay, and Darius deserves better. Is it Darius the Great deserves better? Darius the Great deserves better. And then you can find us on our Instagram or Twitter. We have it's at TLAL podcast. And if anyone ever likes to email people, you can email us at TLALPcast at Gmail. So here's to ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> gentlemen. Yep, yep, yep. Good gentlemen. Good gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start listening to what they have to say. Please. Goodbye.